Welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast, a place where you will feel encouraged by hearing God's stories from my friends that I share with you. Whether you're listening on your commute to work, folding the laundry, or needing a boost of encouragement after a full day, I want for you to feel seen by God, to be encouraged in your daily life, and be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents that He has given you. Well, hi, friend. Last week, I loved having my husband, Jim, join me on the podcast talking about the things we wished we knew before we got married. It's fun, it's lighthearted, and he had a little bit too much fun with the sound effects. You can listen to it one episode back, number 119. Today's episode is with my guest, Melanie Schenkel. Melanie is wife to Perry, mom of her only child, Caroline, blogger, speaker, and author. She loves fashion, reading, watching Netflix, and spends her extra time cheering her daughter on the soccer field. I have wanted to have Melanie on the podcast for a while, so I'm so excited that she's joining me today. You're going to hear Melanie share about how she went from blogger to author on the New York bestsellers list with her books about motherhood, marriage, and friendship. We talk about what it looks like as a mom of an only child, what God taught her when she walked through a very difficult time in her life, losing one of her best friends, and also about comparing ourselves to other women. I also ask her about her two new books coming out, one called On the Bright Side and her first children's book called Piper and Mabel, about her two super active yet fun-loving dogs. Don't worry about grabbing a pen and some paper. You can check out the full list of links, including what Melanie is eating, reading, and loving in the show notes at redrobins.com slash podcast. Okay, let's get to it. Here is my conversation with Melanie. Well, welcome to the podcast, Melanie. Thanks. Thanks for having me. This is going to be so fun. I have read your blog and listened to your podcast and read all your books. So I am really excited about today. Well, I'm super excited to be here. And I was so, when you sent me the picture and you were like, here we are in Birmingham. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's been a long time ago. Uh huh. It was. I know. I wanted to send you the picture so you knew kind of who you were talking to. Yes. <laughs> um, like, here's this random girl named Ren. Um, But yeah, my husband and I came down to Birmingham. Y'all were having a book signing. And yeah. I was like, we have to go. I've never Aww. met them in person. And he drove me down there and we did the book signing and then we went to eat and then the, spent the night and the next game came home. It was great. Okay, there you go. It's a good little getaway. It was. It was a good getaway. Um, Okay, so I do want to say I posted on my Instagram and my Facebook last night about uh, coming on the podcast with you today. And let me tell you, you got some fans, girl. You got a lot of fans. They are going crazy over this. So oh, that's so fun. I can't wait to post it. And, uh, and so all my listeners can hear you and hear your story. So what the podcast is about is sharing God's stories of friends that um, I either know online or I know in real life. So that's what it's about. And I'm excited about it. Great. Well, I'm excited. That's, you know, how much I love girlfriends. That's like one of my very favorite things. So I'm excited to be here. That's great. Take about two minutes and tell us a little bit about yourself and about your family and kind of what your day to day looks like. Okay. So, um, I am the mother of an only child, Caroline, who is 16. 
Um, I've been married to my husband, Perry, for 22 and a half years. I'm going to count that half because yes. every month matters. That's right. Um, <laughs> we live in San Antonio, Texas. Um, I am a mom. I'm a writer. Um, I speak at different events. Um, I love fashion. I love shopping online. Um, I love to read. I love to watch Netflix. Um, and so that's kind of, but really my biggest thing is just, I love being a wife and mom. Um, that to me is the biggest part of my identity. Um, just how much I love just the day to day. And so my day to day probably looks like everybody else's day to day. I get up, I make sure we have everything in our backpack that we need. You know, I don't have to drive anybody to school anymore. So that's kind of mm, interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a whole new day. I watch a lot of soccer games and, um, uh, and in between, I kind of write books and do other stuff. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's awesome because that's why I think you're so relatable to us because you're like, I'm doing my thing, but happen to have a few books on the New York seller bestseller list. <laughs> I mean, just happen to do that, right? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm I still want, not real sure how that happened. Well, I, I want to kind of go back. You started blogging and, and kind of how you started the Big Mama blog. And tell us real quick, why is it called the Big Mama blog? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I started the blog back in July of 2006. And so it was really, it was like one month before Caroline was about to turn three mm -hmm. at that point. And, um, I really just started it because I needed a creative outlet. I'd always mm -hmm. loved to write. Um, and she was just at that age where she was saying so many funny things and doing so many funny things. And I was like, I'm never going to scrapbook. And so this is yes. my way to like, put those memories down and just to write, like, this is what life looks like. And, um, so I started it, I called it big mama because she was about to turn three. And so we were like in the thick of potty training because we, ha I had to have her potty trained in the next month or she couldn't start her three-year-old preschool class. Uh -huh. Um, and then we had to get rid of her pacifier because I'd already been lying to the pediatrician <laughs> about it for two years saying, Oh yeah, no, we're off the pacifier. Yeah, yeah, so I was okay. always telling her what a big girl she was. And so mm -hmm. in that she started calling me big mama. Cause I think she thought big was just this amazing uh -huh. thing to be. And so I called the blog big mama kind of not, ever imagining that anybody would read it other than my family. And mm. certainly not that big mama would still be a thing, you know, 13 years later. Yeah. 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 And the potty training thing is like a thing. Like I remember mm -hmm. sending mm -hmm. Easton to preschool and I was thinking, Oh, and they're like, they must be. And I'm just like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. We got to do this. Bring the Skittles out, you know, like anything, yes. what can we bribe yes. our kids with? So, yeah. Um, I love and that. And they use the term like fully potty trained and you're like, define oh. fully. Yeah. Like what is, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> oh my word. Yes. So you started blogging just to have that creative outlet. And then, I mean, it just like blew up like wildfire and people like moms were like following you like crazy and like, yeah, it's really this. the craziest thing. I mean, I still don't, you know, I kind of just go, that was, that was only God to me. I mm -hmm. mean, just, um, and I, I think, my content. I mean, I, I wrote, I tried to find the funny. I think mm -hmm. that was such a different day because blogs were kind of new um, and there weren't as many distractions. I mean, you didn't have, it's hard to think back, but like we didn't have Twitter and we didn't have Instagram uh -huh. and you didn't have any of that. So it was like blogs were kind of this new way to really read about somebody else's life. Oh, yeah. um, you know, and it was such a, it was such a thing back then, you know, oh, it's, yeah. it's weird now because I feel like who blogs anymore. Uh -huh. Um, but at the time there was this whole little community and we would share each other's posts and we would comment on each other's posts and it was like just word of mouth. Um, and my readership just grew. So it's funny to think back because now I don't even know that you could do that 
Uh, given, I mean, I feel like now that would be an Instagram thing, uh not a blog thing, if you were to have that kind of viewership or readership. Right, right. How did it transfer into starting writing your books? Because I know your first book was in 2013, Sparkly Green Earrings About Motherhood. And then you had an antelope in the antelope in the living room, which was 2014 about marriage. And then 2015, nobody's cuter than you, uh, was about friendship. And then you've had two others since then, a devotional book and then another one, church of the small things. How did it go from starting to blog in 2006 until you wrote your first book? How did that happen? Um, the short version, I'll give you the short version. I think the readership had started to grow. And so as, as readership started to grow, different people started to find me. Mm. Um, and then because at that time there weren't a lot of Christian mom bloggers that had big audiences and it was Lisa Turkhurst actually contacted me and said, I want you to come to my Proverbs 31. She still does a she speaks conference. Um, Mm -hmm. and at the time I had never even heard of Lisa Turkhurst. I mean, that's how long ago this was, you know, it was, but she was like, I have this ministry. Will you come teach a class on blogging? Mm -hmm. Um, because kind of everybody in women's ministry was wanting to start a blog. That seemed to be Mm -hmm. the way to kind of grow an audience. Um, and so, and then she said, and by the way, you ought to bring a, you ought to put together a book proposal because there'll be some literary agents at the conference and you could meet with them. Um, and so I always laugh because I mean, I put together the saddest, I mean, like went to Kinko's and like made this little, it looked like a book report, you know, and I Googled like, how do you do a book proposal? And I mean, I had no clue what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I ended up meeting with a man who eventually became my agent, but that was like in 2008. Um, and it was a long time ago, a long time before the book. I mean, and I think that's the whole thing is people are like, well, how do you write a book? And I'm like, well, you blog for free every day for six (laughs) years. And you know, it's, it's definitely not an instantaneous thing. But, right. it, but back then when I first met with him, that was when the publishing industry had kind of bottomed out because of eBooks and because of blogs and, um, and, and the, there was a terrible recession. I mean, it was, the economy was terrible. Mm-hmm. So it was just, everybody was like, this is not the time to publish a book. Um, which is why I think it ultimately took years later. Cause for mm-hmm. me, I think after I talked to an agent the first time I was like, ah, I don't really think I want to do this. This sounds hard. Mm-hmm. I just, this sounds like more than I can do. Um, but I always say that the book for me was the thing that God would not let me let go of. Like for years, mm. I would wake up in the middle of the night feeling like there was something I was supposed to do. And I'd be like, what am I forgetting to do? And it would be like, I'm supposed to write that book. And I just, I just wow. knew it. Like it wouldn't. And I fought it for so long, mm-hmm. um, which is so funny because I just did not want to do it and put myself out there in that way. Um, and so finally, I think it was um, spring of 2012, I contacted the agent I'd talked to years before and said, would you still be interested in working with me? He said, yes. And um, we put together a proposal. We sent it out, which is funny to think about. We sent it out the night before my 40th birthday. And wow. he had told me, he said, I don't know that anybody's going to want this. Like you need to be prepared that publishing is a heartbreaking industry. And he said, I don't know that anybody's going to want it, but we'll see. Mm. And before the week was over, I think we had like eight offers on it, <gasps> um, which was just amazing, which was sparkly green earrings, which wasn't even called that at the time, but that was sparkly green earrings. And so, um, kind of amazing to see how that all happened. That's huge. And you know, you were saying earlier that you were like, no, writing a book wasn't on your radar. I remember Mm -hmm. a big boo, um, (laughs) a big boo episode on y'all's podcast, you and Sophie Hudson's podcast. And you were like, no, I don't think I'll ever write a book. It was, and listening to it now, like, you're just like, that's so cool how God yeah. really changed your mind and changed your heart 
and led you to it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And I had always wanted to, it wasn't that I didn't want to, it just mm. seemed so impossible. It just seemed <sighs> like, I just don't think I can do this. Um, so I think that's part of why God didn't let me let go of it. That's so. neat. That's so mm-hmm. neat. I didn't know that. That's cool. Okay. So, um, I have to tell you that when I read sparkly green earrings, it came out in 2013. I had just had my son. Easton was born January of 2013 and I got my hands on this. And literally I remember it being in bed and saying, okay, I have to get up in a couple of hours to feed him. <laughs> should I nap or should I really get back to this book? Cause I was, I mean, I was furiously reading it. I don't know how long it took me, like probably like a day, but I was, I went back to it and I just loved it. And it was so good for me because I was in the middle of all yeah. the motherhood stuff that it's like, you know, am I ever going to get any sleep again? Like ever. <laughs> I'm like, and you wrote, okay, this is funny. I look back at it and uh-huh. I had dog eared where it said <laughs> the title of the chapter is called war buddies. And mm-hmm. it said, I began, this is what you wrote. I began to dread the evenings because I was so, so tired. And I was like, oh my yes. gosh. And I wrote right here. Yes. I'm showing it to you. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm like writing in it like, yes, yes. Because it was me. And so yeah. having your books and not just this book, but on motherhood, but on marriage and then on friendship, I mean, it evokes such emotions in me. And I know it does for all of your readers because it's like, we're not alone. And yeah that, you know, there's somebody else that's been going through this and understands. Mm-hmm. And that's to me how I've always written my books. And, and the way is it's like, um, I always say my books are not a how to, they're not a mm-hmm. self-help. They're not a 10 step to make yourself a better mom, better wife, better friend or whatever. It's just kind of a, Hey, we're all in this together and we're all figuring it out together. And I really write my books. Like I'm talking to my best friend, like I write them like I'm sitting across the table and we're having a conversation because that's what I want to read. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like we learn so much just from listening and watching how other people live their lives and the things that they go through. And I feel like as women, when we're real about that and vulnerable about that, that helps us so much to just go, okay, I'm not alone in this. Like I'm, I'm not terrible. I can love being a mom and I can run a, you know, want to run away and spend a night down at a nice hotel away from my family at the same time. Those things aren't mutually exclusive, you know? (laughs) That's good. That's so good. Well, I love that you said it's a vulnerable place to be in. Mm -hmm. Um, And so let's kind of talk about, let's talk about friendship and you have such a a tight knit group and in your new book, we're going to talk about your new book on the bright side. You talk about um, your friendships and how you wanted to uh, get together with those friendships and y'all started it. And then you started doing it every month and you were, it was kind of birthday club, you called it Mm -hmm. and how you started that and how you wanted to do it. And then it was when everybody had a birthday and then Mm -hmm. your husband, Perry was like, wait, these are getting a little bit kind of often, you know, like every month somebody's, somebody's having a birthday. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah." (laughs) (laughs) kind of. Yep. That's what we're doing. I love that that you had that. That's your sanity, right? I love that you had that. And, um, and, and you have, you had a very, very close friend, um, named Jen that you went to Texas A&M with and Mm -hmm. y'all are very close. And Jen, uh, had cancer. Take me through that when you, um, you know, went through, walked through that with her. And I believe she was in Dallas and y'all went to see her when, um, you know, the cancer had come back and it was just a really difficult time. And y'all knew that 
um, she was probably going to go just be with Jesus soon. How was God near to you and to all of you during that time? I just, you know, I always say, and I think it's so true. And the longer I live is it's, you know, you go through these things in life. And if somebody were to tell you like, this is something you're going to go through, you'd be like, there's no way I'm going to be able to get through that. Like I'm not going to survive it. Um, and I think we just, we so discount to me the grace and the mercy that God's going to give us to walk through whatever we have to walk through. Mm. With Jen, it was, her faith was so strong and so vibrant. Um, And so there was that component of it. And she was so just full of life. Like she Mm -hmm. was always on the go. She ran marathons. She was just such a go-getter. And so it still feels so surreal. Mm -hmm. She's gone because she just was kind of a larger than life presence. Um, But I think that the good, the good that came out of it, it drew our friends, you know, because by that time we'd been out of college for, you know, almost 20 years, but it it Mm -hmm. drew us all back in closer together than we'd ever been. Like it made us you know, come back into those friendships and spend more time with each other and to value each other more. Um, you know, I know Gelly and I made the road trip up I 35 a lot more often than when we, when we, than we would have, mm-hmm. um, just knowing, um, that we didn't know how much time we were going to have with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we got to the end, when we knew that the end was near, um, it was during the summer and Caroline was like, well, I want to go with you. And that was such a, at the time she was like 13 and I thought, this is a lot, you know, like Mm. this is, this is going to be a lot. Um, but I also thought, but I want Caroline to see like, this is what friendship looks like. Like you're with somebody through the good and the bad and the hard and the ugly. And there's just, there's beauty in that. Um, Mm. and just to, to sense God in that moment and to see how close that we were, because I think for her with Caroline being an only child, um, it's and the thing and ironically Jen was her mother's only child and my best friend Gully is her mother's only child and so I thought but to see where God puts us all together where it's like we are friends that have become family and just how dear we are to each other um and what that meant um and I just look back at that moment in the hospital and think it was I, I didn't wouldn't have planned for Caroline to come or that wasn't I, I didn't know but I'm like God absolutely because that that marked us. I feel like it left an imprint on her. I felt like it left an imprint on me. And it was funny because even a couple of months ago or right after Christmas, I was, um, I was in Dallas. We were there for a soccer tournament and I got to see Jen's little boy. And it was the first time I'd seen him in a couple of years, just because it's just, you know, life. And, and I hadn't seen him in a couple of years and I got to see him. And then when Caroline came up to my hotel room that night, she'd been with all her soccer friends. And so she hadn't been there and she came up to the room and I showed her the picture of, of the two of us on the phone. And I said, look who I got to see today. And Caroline just burst into tears and she goes, Mm -hmm. Oh mom. And like, it was that thing of like, Oh, she gets it. Like she gets Mm -hmm. what that means to me and um, just how special those friendships are. So Mm -hmm. um, I just think anytime you put yourself out there, there's always a risk of getting hurt. I think, that's life, but it's, to me, it's so worth it because that, those are the things that make life worth living. Mm, mm, that's so good. And I remember when y'all were walking through this and Jen was walking through this, that, um, she would blog about it and the faith that she had was unbelievable. Yeah. I remember reading going, wow. And that's only for, I mean, that's supernatural. That's from the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, nobody Absolutely. can walk through something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's amazing. Well, and let's, let's kind of talk about, I mean, the friendship book. I remember reading, uh, nobody's cuter than you. And I remember being sitting on the floor and just bawling. Um, because <laughs> at that time when it came out it was 2015, I had had Easton. I had been a mom for two years. I was working full time. 
I didn't prioritize my friendships. And I remember reading it, just sobbing, thinking, Lord, I don't think I have a gully like this. Mm-hmm. Like when Caroline said, your daughter said, I, I don't, I haven't found my gully yet because mm-hmm. she was saying, you know, she hasn't found her uh, best bud, just like you and, um, and your best friend had found each other. And, um, and just the, the sweetness of now looking back to that time and really kind of closing myself off when I was a first time mom and now opened myself up since then and having so many close friends since then. It was just, Mm -hmm. it was just a moment. I will never forget it from reading your book and saying, um, seeing how important friendship really is and how that is. uh, I mean, we need it. Women need it. You can't not have it. And so just that community around you. So I think that is just beautiful that you have that with your friends. Um, And I do want to kind of circle back a little bit about parenting, um, about parenting Caroline and how she's an only child and I'm an only child and my husband's an only child and we have an only child and it's not that we intended it, but it's definitely what God wanted us to have in our family. That's what he wanted our family to look like. So speak to that a little bit. Maybe there's a mom out here that maybe wants to have more children or maybe somebody that doesn't, maybe they say, you know, we we're one and done. Can you speak to that a little bit of how like your experience? has been? Yeah. I mean, I think that for us, I mean, we definitely, I mean, I'm always very, I mean, an only child was a decision that we very purposefully made. I mean, Mm -hmm. we did not, um, I know that there are people that struggle with infertility and things like that. And, you know, and that's, that's a hard, that's a different road to me when you're, when you're actively wanting to have more kids and you can't. Um, but I also think that God is very intentional in what our families should be. And I think that he knows us. It's kind of like everything. I think he knows us so much better than we even know ourselves. And Mm -hmm. I look back and go, Oh, I absolutely am a better mom as a mom of one than I would have been of multiple kids. Like it's just what I'm equipped for. And I feel Mm -hmm. like it's also, um, and I, and I've talked about this a little bit, but there was a moment when Caroline was starting kindergarten when I thought, Oh my gosh, I think I want to have another baby. Like I was, Mm -hmm. I was on the precipice of turning 40. So it kind of felt like this is a now or never thing. Yeah. Um, and so I really prayed about it and I felt like God very clearly said to me, like, you're going to give birth to something, but it's not going to be another child. Um, Mm. and, and that was kind of the beginning of my writing career and, and that going off. And I'm like, God had this ministry for me. Um, and I've been so fulfilled by that and I, and I love it so much. And I'm like, I don't know that I would have been able to do that had I had, another child or that would have looked a lot different because I just think all of us are made with a certain amount of margin. Like I look and I have friends that have like five kids and they do beautifully with that. They handle the chaos. They handle all the different schedules. They can let stuff go. They can, you know, they know how to do all that. And I look and go, I don't know that I could have done that. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's for me, but I think that that's, it's family size is such a personal thing because I think only you and your spouse know what you can handle and what's right for you. And I don't think you let anybody dictate that. And I think people, you know, and I'm sure you hear it as an only child or, you know, people would be like, well, what about Caroline? You're just going to leave her alone. What, mm-hmm. what's she going to do? And I'm like, so we're going to have another child to help be our caretaker. Like yeah. that doesn't seem like a good reason <laughs> yeah. to have another child, you know, yeah. just, yeah. so I think it's like, you have to be intentional about what's right for you. And, um, And I, for me, I love having an only child. She's 16. We have Mm -hmm. loved it. We love being a little group of three. Like we are so happy with that. But I look at other people and I'm like, just because I can't imagine having five kids doesn't mean that that's not right for somebody either. You know, I mean, that's their, but I think you can't let, 
you know, your mother-in-law make you feel bad about how many kids you have. You can't let, just because your best friend may have two or three kids, none of that matters. It's, you've got to do what's right for you. That's good. That's good. That's, that just set somebody free. Really? You well, know? I hope so. I, I hope so. I think that's a big deal. That's awesome. Yeah. We are so content. Uh, it took a few years to, to get to this point, but we are so content as a family of three. And it's, it's been really, it's been really sweet. It's really been yeah. sweet. So, um, and I think okay. there's just, there's, there's pros and cons to all of oh, it, sure. you know, and I think it's like, I always say, like, if you watch an episode of Parenthood and you've got all the Braverman mm-hmm. kids having dinner and you're like, oh, that looks so uh, dreamy or whatever, but, um, you know, it's just, you just have to go with what God gives you. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You're right. Okay. So we are going to talk about your new books. I cannot wait to dive in. You have two books coming out on Tuesday, a week from today. Well, this will be airing on Friday. So I am so excited to talk to you about it. One is called On the Bright Side, and you are talking about unchanging principles in an ever-changing world. And oh, do we need to hear that? (laughs) Um, and, And that it's encouragement that it's not something you have to keep to yourself, which Oh my goodness. That is, that is huge. Um, and so, and then you also have a book called Piper and Mabel, two very wild, but very good dogs Yes, at children, your first children's book. Yeah. Yeah. Which is exciting. Yeah. It's a whole new thing. Okay. So I want to read a quote. I listened to the first three chapters and girl, I was in tears in parts of it. Like it's sweet. It's real good. It's real good for the soul. Not that I expected anything less, but I want to read a quote that you said in it. Um, I think this was um, maybe chapter two. I'm not sure. Maybe three. Um, You said another, it was talking, you were talking about comparison. It's just chapter two Um, comparison and um, competition. Mm-hmm. And you said, another woman's good news doesn't limit what God wants to do in my life. Yeah. Oh man, that was good. That's good. Yeah. So yeah. tell me a little about a bit about that. I just, you know, I, I feel like we look and as women somewhere we bought into this lie. And I think that as women, if, if there's one kind of all encompassing thing that women struggle with everywhere to some degree. I think it's rooted in insecurity. And I think Mm. it's, it's believing is God going to give me everything that I need. Um, And and so it kind of almost becomes a faith issue. Like, do I trust that God is going to give me the things that I need and that he's going to provide for me in the way that I need? And so I think we see other women and it, and it starts young where it's like, you know, maybe this, you know, this girl made cheerleader and I didn't make cheerleader or, you know, my friend got engaged and I'm not engaged. I'm not even dating somebody or my kid made the honor roll and this kid didn't make the honor roll or whatever that thing is. And we look and we kind of start to see it as like, we feel like we kind of buy into this lie that there's a finite number of blessings. Um, that one woman's good news means that that may be less that we can get. And I'm like, but what if we look at that? What if we change our thinking and go, no, that just means that that's another door that's open for me. That's another possibility. Like um, my friend getting this promotion doesn't mean that I can't get a promotion, but it also can mean that God has something that looks different for me. And, and I think the thing is, is I always say this with Caroline is we're always comparing our insides to other people's outsides and you don't know what somebody else is walking through. So it's like, you can look and feel like, well, that person has everything, but I bet if you were to really get to know them and talk to them, you would find out that they don't, you know, that there are areas where they're struggling too, because it's just life. We all are. Yeah. 
That's good. That's really good. I think that's so important too. And like you, you just, you hit it right on the head when you said it's, it goes down to insecurity. Mm-hmm. And I think that we've got to find our security in Christ or we're not, we're going to continue to compare and compete. So, Oh, that's good. That's really good. Love that. Yeah. And I love the title of your book. It's called on the bright side. And I feel like if anybody says that and means that it's you, like mm-hmm. you look on the bright side of things. You do. I, try. I, I think try. It's, it's huge. So I love that. That's the, the title of it because that it, it totally describes you and, and it describes what we need as women today. Yeah. We need to look on the bright side, you know? Yeah. Well, cause I think that, I think that what your mindset is, I think that you have a choice and it's, it's, and I see, cause I'm in, so that parenting a teenager mode where I'm like, I tell Caroline, like, you're going to have this day no matter what. So you can either choose to go through it with a good attitude or you can choose to go through it with a bad attitude, but it's going to go a lot better for you if your attitude is good. Mm. And I think that's, and it's almost like we train our minds to think a certain way. And I think when we start to focus on the negative, then we see more negative. But I think if we train ourselves to look for the bright, Bright, then I think we start yeah. to see more bright, but it's like, mm-hmm. it takes that shift, um, to, to do that. And I think it, it's the mindset that you almost have to kind of say, okay, I'm going to quit focusing on the negative in this situation. And I'm going to look at what's good. That's good. That's awesome. Well, I'm excited that it's coming out. I think everybody needs to grab it. It is really, really good. And I've just read the first chapter, listened to the first (laughs) chapter. So I'm thinking, oh my goodness, it sounds wonderful. Um, And then the Piper and Mabel book about your two dogs. I think it's so fun. I cannot wait to show it to Easton and read it to him. I cannot wait. Sounds great. It was just a fun, I was like, it it was a fun opportunity and I thought it would be super funny to have a book about them because they have brought (laughs) us so much laughter and aggravation and everything else. I was like, you know what? Why not write a book about them? They deserve a little time in the limelight themselves. And Mabel, is Mabel the one that does the haikus? She does. Yeah. Okay, she, so she writes some haikus in this book. I bet she so does. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. It's part of it. Yeah. It's <laughs> part of it. They're so pretty though. They're gorgeous dogs. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Okay. So this is the last part of our interview today. You are awesome. And I appreciate you coming on. But the last part is eat, read, love. What are you eating? What are you reading? And what are you loving? Um, I am eating right now. Oh, what am I eating right now? That's my big thing. I made these twice-baked potatoes the other night. They were Pioneer Woman's Recipe, and mm. they, um, I mean, they're so good. Now, that's like you have to make them, so that's yeah. a little harder. If I'm just grabbing something out of my pantry, Dots Pretzels, 100%. Okay. I am addicted to Dots Pretzels. Um, they used to be hard to find, but everybody mm-hmm. has shown me now that you, you can get them at Target. They have them oh. at Target. They're the best pretzel you will ever have. Like when I say a pretzel, I know you're thinking pretzel, but like these yeah. are so good. Like the seasoning okay. on them is unbelievable. Ooh. Are they like um, flat or are they like sticks they're or twist? They're, a, they're a stick twist. Okay. And then, but like it's a stick, but it's like braided kind of. And oh. then, um, okay. they're so good. So dots pretzels are a huge thing, okay. um, for me. And then what wow. am I reading? I just started Maybe I should talk to someone by Lori Gottlieb, okay. um, which is about a therapist's journey and kind of her patients, and then when she actually has to start seeing a therapist. Oh, um, so interesting. It's kind of, in, uh, I just had heard yeah. about it from a lot of people, and so okay. I just You're started start. that. Okay. And then what was the last one? What, what are you loving? Question? What am what are you I loving? loving these days? Um, I am loving. Beauty product wise, I am loving uh-huh. this. It's by Thrive and it's their brightening face wash. Oh, and it is so good. Okay. Um, 
I got two products from them. One was their brightening face wash and then the other is their mascara and both are fantastic. Like I cannot even tell you how good uh, both of them are. Okay. I think I've heard of Thrive. I think yeah, I have. you've seen it. It's like a turquoise okay. and white. I mean, it, they're one of those that it pops up on your Facebook. Okay. <laughs> you know, I don't, you know, it's like yeah. one of those where you're like, I don't know what this is, but it's, uh -huh. they actually sent us some products. They sent Sophie and I some products to try, uh -huh. which I'm always like, mm. yeah, um, but <laughs> that, well, you just don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that brightening face wash really brightens your face. Like it really okay. does. And I was a Cetaphil, like that's all I had ever uh -huh. used because my skin can be really sensitive, but it. Uh -huh. I love yeah. that Thrive Brightening Face Wash. It's okay. so, so good. Okay. Um, so yeah, that that's what I'm awesome. loving right now. Yay. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm loving our conversation today. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was so much fun. And tell oh everybody. Gosh, thanks for having me. Well, yeah, absolutely. Where can people find you online and your um, blog? Um, they can find me. Really, the best place to find me these days is um, on Instagram. Okay. Um, I'm Melanie Shankle on Instagram. And that tends to be where I put my thoughts and do an occasional Instagram story or things like that. Um, okay. I still do fashion Friday on my blogs just yes. because old habits die hard and I, I love, love online shopping. And so that's yes. just melanieshankle.com. Um, and then for the book, there's actually a book landing page, um, called on the bright side book.com, um, okay. where you can pre-order or order and you can find the Piper and Mabel book and all of that stuff. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Everybody needs to grab it. It's going to be really good. I just wish you the best on your book launch day and all that Thank because that's going to so be much. super fun. Thank you. I know I'm getting ready for it. It's I gotta, I'll be eating a lot of pretzels and watching yeah. a lot of Netflix to get through. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks so much for joining me on this episode. This was awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I've had a great time. Well, I am just grinning from ear to ear to have been able to talk with Melanie on the podcast. She is so relatable, funny, and the conversation was just so fun. As if we all couldn't love her more, right? Wrong. I love her more. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode today. If you loved our conversation, I would be honored if you would leave a review for the podcast. You can do it on your podcast app right on your phone. Thanks for that. Easy breezy. Also, I will include all of the things Melanie mentioned in the show notes at renrobins.com slash podcast. Don't forget to check out my Monday Boost Encouragement on Facebook Live every Monday morning around 8.30 Central Time as we talk about our favorite part of today's episode. Would love to see you over there. And remember, we're all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Bye, friend. Thank you.